In this extra special bonus episode of Fictional Hangover, we talk about hesitant dinner plans, channeling evil Dale Cooper, how Kendara Blake is the best, narrating your favorite book, compelling stories and dark and romantic endings with Matt Godfrey, voice actor and narrator of All These Bodies by Kendara Blake. everybody, welcome to Fictional Hangover, a podcast about young adult and new adult books, series, authors, and voice actors that is full of spoilers. I'm Amanda. And I'm Claire, and today we're going to talk to Matt Godfrey, voice actor and narrator of All These Bodies by Kandara Blake. Now you need to make sure you check out our episode of All These Bodies and our chat with Kandara too, because spoilers! Spoilers! Also, hey everybody, sorry the audio quality is terrible because, as most of you know, cursed. So very cursed. We're cursed. So do your best to enjoy this because it's a really cool conversation. It very much is. I know! (laughs) It would be 100,000 times better than whatever this is. Curse words are going to start flying. It's fine. Oh, hey, so um, when you're a guest on Fictional Hangover, we would normally be really excited that it's time for Would You Rather, but you're special and you get your very own extra special bonus episode that doesn't include us being ridiculously excited. So, hey. Well, hey, 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 that's harsh. No. I mean, we are ridiculously excited. If I wasn't so full of rage, I would be fangirling right now, but the rage has taken over my life. You knew to admit that ever since you got the confirmation through, you have literally been telling, sending me squee texts. I know I am. Boy, well, I hope I hope this lives up to the high point of your mind. You can't see it, but she's actually because of the rage. But she's excited. I know Amanda, and she is ridiculous. She's shaking on the inside with like girly squee. I am. <laughs> I'm, I am. I'm happy for that. But you can be full of rage, too. That's fine. <laughs> you are a rage table, Amanda. You are a rage I am table. A rage, I am a rage table. Um, <laughs> so, wow. Um, Thank you very, us. very much for joining us. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. Everyone should be really excited, especially me, because Matt Godfrey has joined us after some slight Twitter begging slash awkwardness but that's what we do best so we really appreciate your time yeah i'm happy to be here to be fair that was on brand it was on brand it actually could have been much worse so thanks for like joining in almost immediately so we didn't take it too far oh i'm quite happy quite happy Good. Okay. So um, we decided that we were going to force you to play our all these bodies game of would you rather because I mean it wouldn't it wouldn't be an interview if we didn't force you to play a terrible game with us. I'm I'm on board. Let's do it. Okay, good. So Claire, do you want to ask our first question? Yeah, we asked this question on social media, actually, and it was would you rather interview a vampire or a vampire's accomplice. Resoundingly, the internet wants to interview the vampire. Mm-hmm. Well, like, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, everybody wants to, to, to 
to interview the vampire um, because it's a vampire. <laughs> sure. I mean, that's that's sound logic, but not me. I want to interview the vampire's accomplice. Because, I mean, look, interview with the vampire, it's been done. It's like, <laughs> this is what I was thinking. It's like, would I rather interview Charles Manson or one of the Manson girls? And I feel like I'd rather interview one of the Manson girls because, you know, like, well, first of all, I don't have the same fascination with vampires, I think, as many do. Um, so I don't know that I'd want to sit at the table and trust what this vampire has to tell me. But I think it'd be really interesting to see, like, you know, that like outsider's perspective of somebody who was there, but maybe was not directly responsible for it. There's kind of an eerie, you know, detachment that I think would be really interesting. I don't know why I kept thinking about the Manson murders, but um, just wouldn't it be more interesting to hear from like, you know, one of the Manson girls who was there for everything and could see how he was acting rather than like hearing it directly from him. I mean, look, of course, there's plenty of an argument to be made for interviewing, you know, straight from the horse's mouth. But I don't know. I think I'd rather have it the other way. I get that. I get that. There's I kind of like documentaries, it. isn't there, that's made about the Manson murders or it's made about Ted Bundy or it's made about um, Dharma, but not from survivors or people who were affected by their actions. So I get that. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's more interesting. It might not be as headline grabbing, but... That's all right with me. I feel like you took that in like a much more interesting way than we ever take our would you rather questions. Well, I'm, but I love it. I'm very. <laughs> I love it so much. Clay, did we, we both went with vampire for this one, right? I mean, that, that goes without saying for us. Yeah. 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 We, 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 it's kind of like our brand now is just to be obsessive over vampires and challenge anybody who can persuade us otherwise yeah <laughs> i don't yeah. hate them i don't hate them or anything i just i don't know there's a lot of a lot of vampire stuff out there and you know i'm okay with other things too you see having recently reread interview with a vampire as well like louis is boring i'm sorry louis is boring <laughs> af and I, I couldn't be bothered to interview that kind of like <laughs> brooding vampire who just yeah. needs to like learn to love their afterlife so I can get that <laughs> he's not the ideal candidate there was um this show is fairly new and I don't want to spoil it for anybody that hasn't seen it but there is a a recent unnamed show on Netflix that I thought did vampires extremely well. Maybe the best I've ever seen. Do either of y'all know what I'm talking about without me saying the name? Because only, vampire, vampire. The only show I can think of is um, set on a small Don't. island in yes, America. That, yes, yes, that that's yes. the one. 
it would kind of blow the show. I, I don't want to say it in case somebody hasn't seen it, but yes, set on a small island in America. We we like spoilers, though. You can you can spoil things. It's kind well, of what we're about. Well, all right. If you're super into Netflix shows and you don't like being spoiled, just close your ears for one second. <laughs> I thought Midnight Mass did a really good job of, mm-hmm. of vampire tropes. And like, you don't know what it is until towards the end of the show. So I don't, that's why it would be a, a spoiler. But I will admit by episode three, I was literally screaming at the television. It's a vampire! Vampire! Yeah, I think I, I even messaged Amanda to say, there's a vampire in, in Midnight Mass. And she's like, I'm not watching it right now. <laughs> yeah, but it's fine. Because we're used to spoiling everything for each other. So it's fine. Well, sure. Yeah. I thought it was cool, though. <laughs> I don't know. I, angel or vampire, I thought was a pretty cool, pretty cool question yeah. that they asked. I like the fact that at the end as well, you don't know if the vampire survived. You only saw it because it, it's really cool the way that this happens, Amanda. One of the victims, she starts ripping into his wings with a knife and you just see it tearing through and it's really slow and it's done over a period of time. It's epic. You'll like that bit. And then yeah, the vampire will. kind of flaps off over the sea, but you don't see what happens to the vampire. And then the sun comes up, but you don't know if it gets to cover or if it's able to hide. So you don't actually know if the vampire at the end survives or not. Yeah, hey, that's cool. kind of like this book that we're talking about. Yes. Oh, tie-in. Mm-hmm. Ooh, brought it back. Link. That might, that might be the best time that's ever, that it's ever happened. Because normally our segues <laughs> and connections are just terrible. Tenuous. <laughs> Super tenuous. By now. Yes. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay, let's go on to our next. Yes, let's do our next question. And I think I'm going to ask how it morphed on our chat with Kendara because that's it's it's closer. It it makes more sense this way. So would you rather be almost shot in the head by a friend or by a police officer? Well, (laughs) I mean, I. I guess I would rather be almost shot in the head by a by a police officer, but m- my my opinion, I guess, is probably clouded by the scenes in the book that it's referencing. Certainly, the way the way that it happens in the book, definitely the police officer. I loved that scene. I thought that guy was so funny. Um, <laughs> Did it get you? No. Nope. You would know if you got me. Um, I like how that ended a chapter and started the next chapter. Like, yes. Did I? I think I was. um, It. So you know, I read this book months before it came out, and it's already been out for a while. So I don't remember a lot of the, a lot of the details. But didn't it? Was that one of those where it started, the next chapter started with like the exact same line mm-hmm. as the yeah. last one we did with? Yeah, yeah, re- it was really good. Yeah, I can't remember when that happens, which happens fairly often in books. Sometimes I'll just like copy the audio from the last one and paste it in so that it sounds exactly the same. I don't know. Anyway, 
yeah, I guess a police officer, it feels like there's a lawsuit in there. You know, like <laughs> almost shot in the head by a police officer. There's probably some money to, to be made from that situation, maybe. So I, I guess I'd pick that. Yeah, you know You're your friend's right. broke and not going to be able to pay out the compensation, so. Yeah, you got to let that slide. Yeah. And those friends were not friends. They were terrible no. anyway. No, no. That was kind of a horrifying scene, actually. It, it was. was it was awful. Yeah. But it was so good at the same time. So I love good. terrible things. So good. <laughs> I love this book. Oh, it's really good. It's it's what we said to Kendara. The more you think about the book and the more you reread the book, the more you get from the book and the more you enjoy the book. Yeah, I freely sure. admit the first time I read it, I was frustrated as all hell. And I was like, no! And then read yeah, it again. What were you frustrated by? Just the complete lack of absolute answers. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then I read it again. Oh, that's what I loved the most. But that's mm -hmm. it. I, 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 when I thought about it, I went, no, I like that because I like making up my own stuff. I like being, you know, part of the creative process and ownership of the, you know, the end myself and then when I read it again I was getting all these little hints and tips I think it's because I read it the first time and then I listened to it the second time so I had a completely different experience with it um okay yeah and that helped and then I was like actually no I'm going to make my own ending up this is what's going to happen this is I'm happy with this um but also I want to know what Kandara's answer is but we're going to get to that I think and she's so, never going to tell us she's yeah, never going to tell us I'm really, I mean, I hope that she doesn't tell us personally. I am really attracted to not, you know, not having things uh, spelled out or leaving things ambiguous. I just really like that. And I know a lot of people don't, and that's fine. My wife is not as into that as, as I am. She, mm. I love an open-ended, you know, sort of ending that makes you question everything that you thought you knew. I think that's great. Um, and I wonder, I wonder within this genre of, of why, this is a YA book, I guess, but I think the definition of YA is like changing because they didn't feel, you know, when I think of YA, I think of, um, I guess I think of Hunger Games which is very brutal, but it still feels like it's written for a younger reader. Whereas this, to me, felt like it was written on an adult level with just younger characters, mm. which maybe is, maybe is what YA is. But um, I wonder within that genre, how that sort of ending is accepted. And I wonder if that was hard for her to write. I don't have any data to back this up, but it feels like maybe those stories are often more concrete in their endings. That may or may not be true, but it feels like from what I've read that that's true. And I wonder if this is sort of out of the ordinary and how people responded to it, because I loved it. Mm -hmm. I would agree with that actually, because I mean, we read a lot. We do. especially a lot why we we do a book a week okay every wow. week yeah sometimes multiple and there are very few times we'll get this it's mainly with horror 
Um, so I'm sorry I'm going to invoke the name, especially when we have technical issues. Don Kurtigrich. I'm oh, sorry, God. Amanda. I'm sorry. You just cursed us. We're already technically cursed. And um, Kat Ellis's books, though, have a certain amount of closure. There still is ambiguity at the end of what happens with the the, the central quote unquote bad guy. Um, so especially within horror, I think you're completely right. There's more ambiguity, but there's also probably within horror a more acceptance of it. Um, with a lot of others, it's very black and white spelled out. But it's interesting, and it's a good yeah. way of doing it. And it's interesting. Anyway, I think that Kendara's great, and I thought mm. this book was great. Yeah, she's an excellent author, and I feel like in all of her books, there's always like a twist or something like in the last few chapters that she just stabs you with. And it's excellent. And I love, I love all of her books. And I also love how they're all so different. Yeah. You know, most authors are, you know what you're going to get from the author. And that's really the only thing that's the same with Kendara's stuff is just a gut wrench at the end. But, um, but all of her books are so, so different. And she's just really talented. Yeah, mm. I haven't read any of her, any of her other books. But when I got, um, when I got the email that I was doing this book, I, I looked her up, obviously, and um, was really impressed with the stuff that I saw. But mainly, it's like, you can tell within, really, you can tell within just a couple of sentences. But certainly within like the first chapter, you can tell if somebody is a good writer or not. And I don't even mean if somebody has come up with a good story, but I mean like technically speaking, if their writing is good and reading the little intro to all these bodies where Michael is, you know, kind of gives his, um, you know, like quick little recap and he kind of sort of tells you the ending too, um, which I thought was really cool. I could just tell immediately like, oh my goodness, she is really, really good. This is going to be, this is going to be a great, a great book. And it's a hundred percent. It's been one of my favorite books I've ever narrated. It, it makes me wonder what she's going to do and how different in every generation is going to be. That's in January it's released. And that's yeah, that like, yeah. yeah, that's her Buffy book. And how different that's going to be in comparison to all these bodies. And we recently read as well and the anti her anti-goddess series. That's phenomenal. Highly recommend that one. Again, completely different based on Greek mythology. It's just and and Three Dark Crowns is also yes. completely different. And man, the twist at the end of that first book, you just like scream and throw stuff. And then you're like, oh my God, I need the second one. And I read those as they came out. So it was a nightmare. <laughs> I had to wait so long for the second one to come out. And I was mad. I get but it. But with this one, now I can, like, I got the arc for this one. She sent me an arc of it. So I read it a long time ago. And then I listened to the audiobook twice. Because I got obsessed. But, uh, yeah, well, I just. Thank you. Yeah, mm -hmm, sure. I'm glad I, I um, it up for you because it's clearly a very good book and you really don't want to mess that up. No. Okay. 
we got to finish playing Would You Rather because I got a lot of, a lot more things that I have to talk about and I keep wanting to talk about them and then I I have to stop myself. Just oh, yeah, remember though, Amanda, this is a non-standard. This is a bonus bonus episode. I know. So we don't have I know. to conform to our usual I know. structure. We don't know. I know we doing. don't. No, we we're don't. We're just making it up as we go along. We've no, only I'm... done one other episode one other extra special bonus episode like this and you know honestly i don't even remember that one i don't remember how how it went at all so yeah who cares about that one no one cares no one cares about i that remember, that remember it was one. with caitlin it was with caitlin it Davies, with and it was really cool yeah. oh it was with caitlin <laughs> so, Davies. she's really good yeah yeah i care about that one yeah i mean i care about it too but i just don't remember how it went i don't listen went, to wow, any of these that's episodes all I remember. yeah that's all that matters that's all that matters. So, uh, okay, what's our the next? question? Oh, me. Um, yeah, it's would, your turn. Oh, this is the creepy one. Would, they're all creepy. Would you rather find the carvings in the trees or in the cemetery? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I would rather do the carvings in the trees because the carvings in the cemetery felt like it wasn't. And and again, it's been many months since I've read this book. So I hope I'm not misremembering something, but the, the carvings in the cemetery didn't feel like they were an imminent threat. Like it felt like, you know, something had been there. Uh -huh. Whereas the, the scene in the trees, it was like something was there with you right now. And, you know, you were out in the middle of nowhere. There was nobody else around. I mean, he had Percy with him, I guess. But, like, you know, in the cemetery, it's like a big party. Right? It was a big party? With, yeah. yeah, with a gun in your face. Yeah, with a gun <laughs> in your face. Not great. Um, not great. But It's not a good party. Let's not go to that party. Sure. But being out in the trees, creepy. Percy's there, and then all of a sudden, he's just gone, and you're by yourself, and you see these weird carvings. And it's the first time you saw the carvings if I'm remembering right. So mm. that's very creepy. I don't know. I'd rather be in the creepier one. Yeah. I think you can get away with the cemetery being like, it's just somebody tagging, just, you know, yeah. graffiti. Yeah. But if you find them in the trees, there's a whole, you're know, opening a Blair Witch thing here. And yeah. that, that, that's not good. I, it was definitely Blair Witch vibes. Yeah. yeah. Do you not like, put that in the notebook. Yeah. Ooh, do you know what? I love this next question <laughs> because, of course, I do because it's gross. Would you rather be covered in regurgitated blood or eat your sibling's heart ashes? <laughs> sure. I mean, a perfectly reasonable question. Uh, mm -hmm. I would not rather eat my sibling's heart ashes. I would rather be covered in regurgitated blood. Because I don't have to eat that. I you, have to, you have to eat the blood. You have to put the blood in your mouth to regurgitate it. I thought it's it was regurgitated. I thought it was regurgitated from someone else. No, it's your regurgitation. So it's not somebody to... else throwing up blood on me. I no, know you're throwing your up blood, blood on yourself. Vomit. But it's blood. It's somebody else's blood that I've drunk. Right. It's yes. not your blood. You didn't drink your own blood and then vomit it on yourself. <laughs> that would be terrible. But I mean, I don't know. That, that's not so far out of the realm. You're acting like that's crazy. <laughs> it's not at all. It is not at all crazy. It's right up our alley. Um, 
Okay, well, hold on, let me think. <laughs> no, I think I'd still rather regurgitate the blood on myself. I think. Yeah. Siblings, heart, ashes, that sounds, you know. You, as I told Kandara, you just need a nice charcuterie board. Yeah, maybe if you could put it on like a cracker with like some honey and a little, you know, a nice cheese. Hey, but you know, but that's gross and sad. And the regurgitated <laughs> blood is just gross. So I think I would Depends go how much you like cheese. Well, that's, no, the cheese is not sad. It's the fact that it's your sibling's <laughs> heart ashes. If it was just any old person's heart ashes, I would eat those. <laughs> the sadness, I think. I would just rather, I'll, I, I want the blood. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Either way, if it's terrible. It is terrible. It I is just like that it, it will be a bad day. I just love that it's also sad. I didn't even think about it being sad at all. And anytime yeah. that we've asked this question, and now. Like, they're both gross. Sad. They're both gross, but one is gross and sad. But the, your sibling's already dead of tuberculosis. It's not like you killed them to get the heart. Now I'm not persuading this or you know endorsing it in any way, shape, or form. I'm just playing devil's advocate. <laughs> or, or mate, what if you hated your sibling? What exactly? If yeah. your sibling was horrible. Mm, you were a dick. Nom, 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 nom. I would eat. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, or like, what if you gained their powers if you ate their heart? You know, assuming that your sibling has powers, it could well, it could be important. I didn't, I didn't know powers were involved. This, in this is my theory, Amanda. This is all my theory. I know. I mean, now I feel like maybe I want to eat the heart. I've ate the heart. I was covered in blood. As is evident That's in just a all of my social media posts, it is standard for me. I'm fine with it. It's just a day and ending in why for Amanda. Well, I don't, I don't know. Maybe I don't know where I land on that. I mean, I'm feeling like I might eat the heart now. I think Maybe it depends on what you fancy for dinner. True. I could do both. I could just do both. I think you should. I think you should just do both. <laughs> That covers all the bases. Oh, it, does. it does. All right. It's blood settled. pudding and heart. Sure. Yes. Mm. Mm. Just, Last just question. wash it down. Wash it down with a little blood and then vomit it all up. Exactly. Exactly. Last question. Would you rather explore the Carlson house or the house where Marie's mother was found? Yeah. So the Carlson house was the house at the beginning. Mm -hmm. I would do the house where Marie's mother was found. The Carlson house is just a house where something bad happened. But Marie's mother's house is like a whole, uh, to me, much creepier. You're isolated out there. It's, it was, okay, and again, here I am again. I hope I remember this right. But it also seems like, you know, everything was everything had been sitting there for so long, but it was also kind of obvious that someone had been in and like tampered with it. Like weren't the floors very clean or something? There was something. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So a sense of more like immediate danger there. Whereas the Carlson house, it's like something awful happened. You know, it's certainly 
haunted by that action but you don't you don't feel like something horrible is going to happen to you in the house i know he saw the face in the window there but still the the other house seems more creepy to me mm. yeah plus That's you almost get shot in the head there so true <laughs> by officer, whatever his, he, 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 that guy love that guy <laughs> Oh, oh gosh. Oh. So that's, oh, that's the end. That's the end of Would You Rather. Now I can talk about other things and I'm super excited about it. <laughs> so Once that what, ever stopped us. It's never, never. It's constant excitement. Um, so what do you, what happened in the end of the story in your head? Because Kendara wouldn't tell us, which we already talked about that a little bit, but what happens, what happens in your ending? Um... I did think about this and I don't normally think about this for whatever reason. I, I don't, I like to just like, let it be what it was. And I try not to like, I don't know. I just don't like think much about like what I thought could have happened. I just kind of like enjoyed what I read. I don't, I don't know. But I did think about this. I, I don't think that there was a vampire. And I'm, I will, I'm going to set aside for a minute his little sister letting that person into their house. That was one of the coolest parts of the whole book, I thought. Um, so set that aside for a minute. I don't think that there was a vampire. I think that Marie was probably just groomed and, you know, coerced by a serial killer into doing horrible things. And then he dumped her when he could dump her and save himself. And I think the reason that I think that is because I think it makes the ending more um, compelling in my mind, because mm -hmm. um, that final scene I thought was awesome. And I did not, I was completely surprised. I did not in 1 million years, expect the ending to be what it was and i think it makes it much more emotional and human if michael it's like about what you would do the crazy lengths you would go to for somebody that you're in love with and i don't know that michael would really put it into those terms but i mean it was it, it was a romance between them two I, I read it that way at least, but a romance that you don't read very often, like, you know, young woman behind bars, like, you know, they, they never even get to touch. I don't know. They do have that moment where they like hug or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah they touch like two contact. or three times. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it makes the ending so compelling to have this like 17 year old boy driving he doesn't i don't believe that michael believes that that there is a vampire maybe that's why i think the ending is as it is but i don't think that he thinks there's anything supernatural happening so he but he clearly loves her and is faithful to her wishes and is driving however far to 
dig up her body and like whatever he had to do, I don't remember, cut off her head or cut out her heart or something. Um, and he just, even though he doesn't believe there's anything supernatural happening, he just like so badly wants her to come back. Like in whatever, you know, supernatural horrifying form, he just wants to like open up that coffin and he wants her to come back. Uh, so I think that in the end, what would happen right after the book ends, I think he would probably wait as long as he could. And when that corpse didn't move, he would, whatever it was, cut off her head or whatever he had to do, which is just a crazy ending. I like when things are dark and they're beautiful and I thought that she did that really, really well. So I don't think there was a vampire. But what was up with uh, what's her name, little sister, letting that guy into the house, and then you know his dream that he thought was a dream, and then the guy was in the house, the blood drinker was in the house. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, that's the same. It's, it's just like polite. Maybe <laughs> it was just a guy. Yeah, it's just a, just a random guy who was outside and then immediately inside your house. And there were some things that happened that, like, it definitely was not a dream, it seemed like, right? It, like, chipped the window or something. Yeah. And the chip was still there after the fact. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I like it. I like the way Wind. you think. We're not, the weather's never described. And do you know that the figure outside and the person inside is the same person? It, Maybe so it's much an elaborate scheme. It might be more than one. Yeah, they're <gasps> all over the place. Could be more than one. Yeah. What's that movie with Hugh Jackman and Christian Bale in? Oh, it's the Prestige. They're yes. secret twins. Oh yeah. Yes. It's the Prestige. That's a good movie. It really yeah, is. Good book too. I've read the book. Did you narrate the book? Should I listen to it? I did not narrate the book, but <laughs> a, um, a publisher who I am friends with and have worked a lot with, Valencourt Books, did publish the book. Excellent. Christopher Priest, Recommendation. Author, I believe. Yeah, check it out. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, so speaking of you narrating things, yes. your Pilsen was the most terribly wonderful thing ever. Thank you. It was the best. <laughs> I I messaged Kendara after I finished listening to it, and I was like, "Oh my god, the audio! The audio is so good!" And she was like, "Oh, did did you do a good job? Like, did he do a good job with Marie's voice? Like, yeah, it was perfect. Everything was perfect. But Pilsen was the best slash worst because, man, that guy. that guy is the worst. But your voice was so good, and you sounded exactly like the guy from Total Recall." Yeah. I, you watched that clip because you sounded exactly like that guy, which made it a thousand times better. It is really funny that that is the person that you went to. And I definitely hear it. Like I watched that YouTube clip to see, because no, I did not think of that guy. But I watched that clip and I was like, yeah, it kind of does sound like that guy. Um, but no, I wasn't thinking about it. Actually, um, I, I also loved Pilsen. I just thought he was, he was the, I mean, he's awful. He's horrible, he's horrible man. 
but just like the best bad character. There's a lot of yeah. like, there's a big trend, which I can appreciate of like, you know, like the backstories to villains, you know, like, um, like, uh, like the Maleficent Disney yeah. films or, which I think Joker. is cool, or like Cruella. Yeah. Like, it's cool. Like we get to learn why this person is like they are, but Pilsen is just horrible. Like he's not a, you know, he's not like a, he's not damaged from his He's just path. ambitious. He's, yes, he's just a bad man. And I really liked that. And I really liked, every time I would get to a chapter with him in it, I was like, yes, I get to do this horrible guy again. Um, but to answer your question, I modeled him after, um, Agent Cooper from Twin Peaks. I didn't try to, I didn't try to mimic his voice because that's not the way right. um, Kyle MacLachlan talks. But in my head, that's who I pictured. But just like an evil version of him. I so can see that. when I do a voice, either it's just I just like do whatever comes out, um, or I'll model it after a person, but that doesn't mean that it will sound like that person. I don't really know mm -hmm. how to describe it. Like if I tried to do an impersonation of like, I don't know, some actor, like it really would, I'm, I'm not good at impersonating. It wouldn't sound like that person. You would, you might not even recognize it as that person, but like, that would be something like, it's like a starting mm -hmm. point to get me going. So if I picture mm -hmm. like agent Cooper, that is what his name is in Twin Peaks, right? Yes, Dale so, Cooper, yes. Okay, thank you, Dale Cooper. I was saying it and I was like, that doesn't sound right to me. Um, it's like, yeah, like I'll pick him and like that will work in my mind to do a voice, but it won't sound like that character. Mm -hmm. If that, I don't know if that makes I sense. I understand, I understand what you, yeah. like that's, so, it's, that's how it is in your head, you know, just thinking about that character and that's how it comes out. I understand it. Yeah. I can imagine though, so as you're reading a, a, the story and you're getting the characters developed, if some piece of information, like an accent, is suddenly thrown at you, can that throw off the character development in your mind? Like all of a sudden, it's like this person who you've read 200 pages of has a Scottish accent. You're like, hang on. Yeah, you, you, you have like to reevaluate. You mean like while I'm recording it or before I record it when I'm. More during the prep stage. Gotcha. Yeah, so that's why you always prep something first, because that does happen. Like 200 yeah. pages in, somebody has a Scottish accent, which would be a real problem for me because I can't do one. But um, uh, yes, sometimes it does throw it off. Um, there have been times when I've felt really confident about my choice of how to do something. And then something will be thrown in that is kind of at odds with what I was doing. And like, I can't ignore it. Yeah. And then it makes me feel like, oh, now I got to change this. It's not as good. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, I can't, I can't just like skip over no. what the author said about it. So yeah, sometimes it does throw you off. What's worse is when, and this is, a hallmark of bad writing 
um, in my mind is when the, none of the characters have anything distinctive about them at all. There's nothing like even thrown in in the narration about how a character feels or, you know, even something as surface level of like where they're from. When everybody just sounds the same in dialogue, like they all speak the same with the same cadence, it's like everybody is the same just talking to each other. That's worse to me um, because then you're left trying to like create something out of nothing, which is... It's like you um, can't see the wood for the trees because everybody's a flipping tree and they're all exactly the same. Right. So I'm going, going okay, well, I'll, this person, you know, they get kind of mad at one point, so I'll make them sound mad. <laughs> like, I don't understand. Like, I'm trying to make them, I don't know, I'm trying to make it work. Um, but luckily that doesn't happen. That doesn't happen too often. Certainly didn't happen in this book. Everything was so clear. Marie is so distinct aside from pilsen she was my favorite marie is so interesting um and so specific it felt like you know i i don't um except for except for pilsen i did think about him ahead of time i don't think anybody else in this book i like made a voice for ahead of time but after i read the book and prepped it and understood the story and understood who everybody was, you're able to just start recording and it just kind of like mm-hmm. comes, you know, and she was so specific and I was worried about her because if the book wasn't first person from Michael's point of view, then certainly a woman should narrate it. But, you know, since Michael's yeah. the POV character, it had to have been a man, but there's so much Marie and she's, you know the main character aside from michael i was worried that that would you know you just hate to hear a man do a woman's voice and like a, but you did that, so good you just did your job that stereotypical breathiness there wasn't yeah. that breathy oh high pitchedness like, that, really that's awkward. falsetto yeah mm, it was yeah. good it wasn't it because Marie's such a calm character until she's talking to Pilsen because he brings out the absolute worst in everybody because he's an absolute worst person in the world ever. Um, she was so calm and that you you did that. You you portrayed a female, a young woman's voice, very calm and interesting and intriguing and you wanted to hear her talk more, but you couldn't because it wasn't written down so you don't know what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. I I'm glad that that worked and didn't and didn't mess it up for you. But yeah, I really liked her. She was a, a very interesting character. It's frustrating that we don't know anything more about her. Like literally, the her like wh- whereas Michael's story couldn't theory continue, Marie's mm-hmm. can't. I'm yeah. still surprised that they put a 16 year old girl to death on probably very tenuous evidence in the 50s. I know it was a different time, but it was for yeah. forensics. You don't know that she... And it was for her mother's she murder as everyone. well. Oh, that still blows my mind. Crazy. Yeah, it was a very shocking ending, even though, you know, we knew from the beginning of the story that she would be executed. It still was very shocking. And then she managed to... She managed to make it, like, more... I like it when authors can like 
deliver a shock and then like one up the shock, you know what I mean? And it's like, you're already shocked that she's going to be executed at age 16 for something that like, you know, I, well, I guess, no, never mind. She was really a murderer. We do find that out. But um, <laughs> you, you know, one person, one person at least, but, um, but then like that extra shock of like, she doesn't want what the easy way out. She wants to get hung. Like that, I think that informs her character a lot. Like I tried to make her as matter of fact and tough, but yet still vulnerable like a child. Yeah. As you yeah. could. I don't know. I feel like, you know. You she did it really well. Yeah, yeah, you did it. You did you, you read for for us, certainly you've definitely encompassed the Marie character because she's been through a lot in her life. And she's not gonna be fluffy kittens and unicorns and sparkles, hyperactive teenager. She's it's gonna be in her manner. You're gonna tell that she's got a lot of weight on her shoulders. And yeah, that came yeah. across. It very much came across. Yeah, good. Thank you. Do do you guys think that she elected to be hanged because she thought it would like help with the decapitation? And since so she didn't want to come back as a vampire? That's what I that's what I picked up. Like it would like maybe break her neck or something. And maybe that counts. Maybe that would get, you know, it's like one step closer if she couldn't find somebody to, you know, dig up her corpse. And and then like on top of it all, is that what she's doing? Like she seems genuinely to be maybe maybe she doesn't reciprocate Michael's feelings, but she seems to genuinely like Michael. But is that all she's doing? Like, is she just manipulating him to have somebody for this like insurance policy to make sure she doesn't come back as a vampire? I don't think so. I think she's I think she's genuine. But like that's a possibility. I thought she was conniving at some points. Like she wasn't not not sweet, but the way she befriended Michael and Nancy. Mm-hmm. I just I know that it's almost like not that she was playing a game, but she was certainly milking the situation for the positives that she could get because they were all like, her only contact. But that's already. what she's learned. She's learned exactly. to be manipulative because she's been, you know, groomed by a potential vampire. So and her stepfather do the exact as well. Yeah, forget her stepfather. Who may or may not be the same person. person. Oh, I don't believe that it is. But we know my theory is that the 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 the, 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 the blood drinker is tuberculosis man. We do believe that it's the young brother from the beginning. Yes. Yeah. He ate the tuberculosis heart and that transformed him into the vampire. And that's why the voice of the, the, the blood drinker is so bloody scary. Oh, it was so good. And there's only like <laughs> three times. It was so good. I um I wondered if they would ask me to redo that voice. Sometimes so they don't like um sometimes they don't like real big choices you know publisher mm-hmm. i'm not criticizing them for that i think that that makes a lot of sense like you know sometimes if you swing real big it can just sound kind of stupid um, 
but I felt like doing a, I don't know. He just didn't need to sound like a person. I wanted yeah. him to sound mm-hmm. like a creature. So I did that weird breathing thing. Yeah. And they didn't say anything. It was good. It. Yeah. At two o'clock in the morning, I have to say, it's not a comfortable listen. For the for the limited amount that he does speak, at two o'clock in the morning, I do not appreciate that in my ear holes, but I flipped and loved it. Oh, well. <laughs> all I appreciate all the time. It's my favorite I, uh, thing. Yeah, I did something similar for another book where there was like a sort of, like a, this was years ago, so I'm trying to remember. It was like a, not a vampire, but kind of like a crumbling zombie type person. And I did something similar for that too, but um, yeah, I'm glad that he spoke because I liked, I, oh, I remember they sent me in corrections. I think Marie quotes the blood drinker at some point in the book and they asked if if i should redo that bit in the blood drinker's voice but i didn't think so because it was marie's speaking Mm -hmm. his words so i didn't but so i guess they were okay with that weirdo voice because it was good that's why yeah well i'm glad it was weird and because it was so weird that kind of like spurs on the conspiracy theory that the blood drinker is not human and is real but whether or not it's figment of the imagination kind of could it be a group hallucination because it was michael who heard the blood drinker speak yeah that's true yeah see this is why i struggle with it i keep coming up with different theories constantly because it was michael who met the blood drinker who heard the blood drinker speak but it was marie who's telling you that this person is a vampire and giving right. you the history so it's like well there's there's got to be some there's got to be all myths have some element of truth. So what is the truth of the blood drinker? Yeah. And you there know, there's no truth. Kendara might not know. I mean, I don't know that it's necessarily her job to have all the answers either. No. She did tell us she has her ending. She knows the truth. Oh, she, she did? Okay. You know, she she does. She won't tell us though. She won't tell it's anyone. Locked in a she box even... inside another box inside another box, and then she's going to mail that box to herself, and you know that's and hit it with a hammer. Yeah, forever hidden. Did what else did she say? Did she say she was? I mean, obviously she's not going to write another one of these. But did she say she was going to write another one of these? Because I'd like to narrate another one of these. <laughs> yeah. We would like she you to say, narrate another one. Yeah, we would. She did say that you were her top choice. I think this, she she told book. me that too. That was really nice. Um, I don't remember how we talked. I got the email from Harper that I had been chosen. They must have, she must have it in her contract that she can approve the narrator, which is cool. They must have sent a, several people to her or something because I didn't, I didn't send in an audition or anything. They must have had samples. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, 99% of the time, I have no contact with the author at all. Publishers don't encourage you to reach out to them. I mean, they may not even know that their book is being turned into an audio book. I think a lot of times people sign away audio rights to a publisher and then they just don't have any say in it at all. So it's cool that she does. And it is very cool that she picked me. I'm grateful for that because it's been one of my favorite books. 
and I think that she's an amazing writer. I hope, I don't know if she's listened to it or not, but I hope that she likes it. I know she's at least listened to the sample and she was really excited about it. But then I mean, we fangirled author. at her about it too. So <laughs> she I knows. Would not, I would not want to go back and listen to my book. I don't think. I think once you spend that much time with it, I think I would just want to be done. But I don't know if she ever does listen to it. I hope she's, I hope she's happy with it. I was happy with it. So were we. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm really proud of myself for not squeeing as much as I thought I would. You've done well. Well done. I know. I'm really keeping it on the inside. <laughs> it's, it's really hard. So apart, aside from all these bodies, which we know is excellent and we absolutely adored it, what's your favourite kind of character to voice or what's your favourite genre to narrate within? Um, I really do like doing evil people. It is just so fun. And then I re- this is very specific. It's happened a few times. I really like doing evil preachers. Ooh. Those are very nice. Fun. Very fun. Um, I typically, I often get hired for Southern novels because I live in the South and can do a lot of different Southern accents. Um, a lot of the evil preacher thing comes up in Southern books a lot for some reason. It's a good um, stereotype to be fair. It, it is. Um, and it's really, it's really fun. You can make them really mean. Um, favorite genre. I work a lot in horror because I personally read and watch a lot of horror. It's what I am just personally interested in. But I also just really like literary fiction. Um, you know, kind of, uh, I don't know, I'm trying to think of a good example. I really like Haruki Murakami. Um, that <laughs> kind of thing I, I really like. And lately I've done more YA. Um, this end of uh, sort of the middle of this year to now, I've done the most YA I've ever done. And I've really, really liked it a lot. But if I had to just pick one thing forever and ever, I, I love Southern Gothic. That would be my, nice. that'd be my thing. I, do like I could be into that. Gothic. Yeah. It's a good genre to pick. Very good genre yeah. to pick. Yeah. Are your other YAs that you've done, are they also horror? Because YA horror is my favorite thing ever. Um, it really has kind of become a thing. Um, let me think. Not that the books aren't memorable, but I just, I, just, I don't remember them. Um, they, well, once you're finished with them, you've lived in that world for so long, you're just like, no, I gotta get out. I gotta get yeah, out. You can just I, leave it all I behind. To, yeah, I can kind of like throw it away quickly. The, to be fair, it's like any job. I couldn't tell you what projects I worked on at work, last month at work. Yeah, I can tell you what I'm doing now, but I couldn't tell you last month. Why is that? Like, I spend so much time and thought and emotion on them and then I just like bloop completely forget them. because you're busy doing it again and again yeah and you again gotta you gotta empty stuff. out your headspace yeah everything that I'm thinking of though right now has not been YAR I think all these bodies is the only one I think it's everything else has been I've done a few like YA uh 
sports books. I've done some middle grade. I don't know if y'all read middle grade, but I've done some great middle grade books. I think there's a lot of really good writing being done for like, you know, ages eight to 12. It's like um, YA, it's going under a shift where the realizing that the readers aren't just little kids who need fluffy stories. They need grit right, yeah. and, you know, they can have actual meat to them. Yeah, I did a YA book um, called Forget Me Not that was about a girl with Tourette syndrome and um, this boy oh. at school that she becomes friends with. And it was very um, emotionally intense. It was really good. Um, and then I did this other, you, you guys should read this book. I think you would like it. It was written by Gibby Haynes, who is the lead singer of the Butthole Surfers. Do you remember this band from the 90s? Yeah. yeah. So he's also a novelist. And um, he wrote this book that I just like thoroughly enjoyed every second of, that now I um, can't remember the name of it. So I'm going to look it up. It was called Me and Mr. Somebody, Mr. Cigar, Me and Mr. Cigar. So it's a YA book, but it was the most mature YA book I've ever read about this kid in Texas who has this weird supernatural like undead dog named Mr. Cigar. And they go on these weird adventures, but he's also like super into selling drugs. So they're like peddling MDMA on the streets of Houston. It's very funny and very... Um, profane but it's a YA book it was really really good and like one of the weirdest things I've ever read I you you should check it out it was, it was really good I'm looking at it right now Amanda and it's right up our street <laughs> it's weird it is so weird it's so weird but it's really good so apart from me <laughs> Mr. Cigar which just is delightful and everywhere shape performance I've just put it on my wish list um, what are you reading right now that is not work related that you would like that you or is there any books that you've read this year that is not work related that you're like yeah this is good let's shout that out yes I love reading and it is harder to read for pleasure with this as my job just because I read so much all day and you just kind of get fatigued but I do generally read um, at night before I go to bed um, I have been reading, God, I've read, I've read a lot of books this year that have been really good. Right now I'm in the middle of Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil, which I had never read before. Um, right. felt like as a Southerner, I should probably read that book. And man, it is wild. It is so good. I don't know if y'all have read it or not, but it's a true crime nonfiction book set in Savannah, Georgia, this reporter from New York yeah. lives and moves to Savannah and it really is just like a weird character study of all of these just bizarre people who live in Savannah and it has been awesome so yeah. I, I'm like halfway through and there's been no murder and apparently there's a murder so I don't know when that is uh, <laughs> going to happen but that has been really good and then I've also been reading more poetry lately um and i've been going through a book of mary oliver poems which has been i mean you know i just couldn't recommend it enough they're 
incredible. She's a beautiful writer. Oh, my friend loves poetry and I've been struggling for a Christmas present for her. So I might have to purchase her that. Check out Mary Oliver. She's something really special for people who don't like poetry. I think they're all very accessible and simple and just really good. I think we're at the end, right? We, we are. We're wrapping we up did, now. We said we weren't going to keep you for very long. Like we six minutes over, which is pretty now. good for us. I mean, we did really keep is. Elise Green for three hours. Um, yeah. Oh, but I love Elise Green. So. Well, exactly. She is amazing. Matt, where can everybody find you on social media? Where can they stalk you respectfully? Um, On social media, the only place worth finding me is Twitter. I have an Instagram and other things, but I don't I don't keep them up. Um, I like, you know, I stand in this box all day recording and it just doesn't really lend itself well to pictures or else I'm just not creative enough. So on Twitter, uh, it's at Godfrey tweets is my Twitter. Yeah. Um, my website is mattgodfrey.net, And I think that's it. It was good enough, good enough for us to find you. So yes. well, there you go. And to be fair, you can well. just go and onto audible and just put Matt Godfrey and you'll find an entire catalog. As A I huge catalog doing. of stuff. Yes, mm-hmm. many, yeah. many pages of delight in your ear holes. Thank you for joining us. We really appreciate you. you. And, you know, now you have two annoying fans that are going to bother you at every opportunity. Welcome to the fictional hangover family. Yes, welcome to oh, the family. I'm very happy to be here. I'm, I appreciate it. Good. We'll have to have you back a million more times. So just get ready. All right, let's do it. <laughs> all right thank you so much thank you okay thank y'all bye. bye bye so that's it for this extra special bonus episode of fictional hangover i'm amanda and i'm claire join us literally every wednesday for brand new episodes of fictional hangover. check out all of our other episodes that ever exist because we are freaking delightful people Good enough. (laughs) It's weird. It's an extra special bonus. We don't have these very often. So enjoy this whenever you happen to listen to it. (laughs) Until next time. Remember, the only cure for a fictional hangover is another book. You can find us at fictionalhangover.com, follow us on Instagram at fictionalhangover, find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash fictionalhangover, and on Twitter at fictionalhangover, no E-R. If you like this episode, check out our others, a rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss out. And finally, special thanks to Liz Emerson for our music. You can find her on Facebook and Patreon. Thanks for listening.